morning, everyone. Welcome to the Sunday service of FCC. Today is uh, 27th of March, which makes it the very last Sunday of quarter one of 2022. I do not know whether it's a sign of old age or not, but you know, as I grow older, I'm very, very conscious of the time that passes by. And it seems like the time ahead seems shorter and shorter. But regardless, I think that uh, as we gather here together, Though a lot of us have our thoughts maybe on the past or maybe in the future, but as we gather here, may we just put our thoughts in this present moment as we gather together to bring our hearts together to worship and connect with God. Let us prepare our hearts with a call to worship. Drawn by God's presence, we gather. Inspired by God's spirit, we worship. Empowered by God's grace, we, we live. We are community. Embraced, embraced by, by the mystery of God's love for all creation. We are a community that looks for the light of Christ. The light, the light that, that shines in every, every time, time, every place, and every life. Within this dynamic community, we foster connections and experiences that brings meaning to life and help us face the issue of the day. Together, Together, we strive to live with, with loving hearts, open minds and hands extended to all. Welcome home. Amen. Now let us join the worship team together in a time of worshipping together. Glory in. He is high and lifted. 
Good morning and welcome to our worship service here at Free Community Church. Today for prayer, I wanted to lead us into a time that's slightly different. Uh, usually we do intercessory prayer, um, but today I thought that we can do a time of centering prayer together. Um, two weeks ago, uh, we kicked off our land prayer series with centering prayer, and then last week during a sermon, I did share a little bit with you. But I thought what was the best way, right? Uh, it's actually for us to just experience it together, especially for those of you who are not able to be there uh, at our session. And Centering Prayer is really called the prayer of consent because what it does is it's just about the opening up our minds and our hearts, our whole beings to God, right? And so it's very much just about us receiving rather than trying to do things. And I think that's really important because um, in our lives, we're constantly striving to do things. Even in our prayer lives, we're constantly doing active prayer, praying with and for people, um, praying for ourselves, the people around us. And so sometimes it's great for us to learn a practice where it's uh, receiving, it's a receptive form of prayer. Okay? So the intention of doing this is really just to deepen our relationship with God. So... It's very simple. I'm just going to uh, lead us through. I'm just good, uh, going to share some guidelines with you, and then we'll go into it. And we're just going to try it for three minutes. Okay, usually, it's uh, recommended for you to do it for 20 minutes. But you know, uh, for us beginners, as we start, I think we can try it with three minutes. Okay. So first, choose a sacred word that represents for you your intention to consent to God's presence and work within you. It can be any word um, that is helpful for you. It can be Jesus. It can be love. For me, I use the word surrender. Whatever word that comes to mind that for you represents the intention to open up your hearts and your minds to God. Right? And then we sit comfortably. Right? We settle in. And you gently and silently introduce that sacred word, into that space, all right? And that is your expression of consent. And if along the way, in that three minutes, as we keep silent, if thoughts come in, feelings come up, it's okay, all right? Be kind to yourself, it's okay. Just gently reintroduce that word to help guide you, to ground you back into God's presence. Something I found very helpful for me when I was actually starting out this practice is actually imagining myself falling into the arms of God and allowing God to just hold me in this time. So in this time, it's not for us to strive. It's not for us to have to tell God many things. It's just for us to rest in God's presence and love. That's all. It's something that we actually don't do a lot of. Okay? And at the end of the time, you'll hear a, a, a sound and it will help us uh, to know that it's the end of the three minutes remain in silence for just a while and they will come back into this space. Okay? Come, Holy Spirit, come. Ignite within us the living flame of your love. And now we'll go into a time of silence for three minutes.
be still and know that I am God. Psalm 46, verse 10. Amen. Let's come to our Lord's house to offer Him our praise and our worship. Deeper, and I'll go where you will lead me, 
be yours for all my life. I will be yours. I will be yours for all my As we continue our Lenten Sermon Series, Here We Grow, I want to invite you to join us on Menti, either by scanning the QR code or going to menti.com and entering the code 79760209. We'll leave the QR code and the Menti code on, on the screen uh, for you to um, have some time to join in while I open in prayer. God made the words from my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable to you. Amen. So I hope that you are really locked in um, into the uh, mentee. During these two years of pandemic, I have, like many other people, picked up gardening as a hobby, and I think some of you did as well. And I learned quite a fair share about plants in the process, which is one of the sources of inspiration for this sermon series, Here We Grow. And so today, I'm going to talk about branch and branching. And I want to start today with a passage that talks about branches from Romans chapter 11. If some of the branches have been broken off and you, though a wild olive shoot, have been grafted in among the others and now share in the nourishing sap from the olive root, do not consider yourself to be superior to those other branches. If you do consider this, you do not support the root, but the root supports you. You will say then, branches were broken off so that I could be grafted in. Granted, but they were broken off because of unbelief, and you stand by faith. Do not be arrogant, but tremble. 
For if God did not spare the natural branches, God will not spare you either. Consider therefore the kindness and sternness of God, sternness to those who fell, but kindness to you, provided that you continue in God's kindness. Otherwise, you, will, you also will be cut off. And if they do not persist in unbelief, they will be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. After all, if you were cut off an olive tree that, was wild, that is wild by nature, and contrary to nature, were grafted into a cultivated olive tree, how much more readily will these, the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? I want to ask you, how do you understand this passage? You know, not an easy one. Um, and, you know, what is the Apostle Paul talking about here? You know, how do you interpret it? What comes, Jews versus Gentiles, yes? That's exactly what he's talking about. The uh, likening the cultivated tree as the Jews and the wild or, you know, um, branches as the Gentiles and grafting them in, right? Um, connecting them to that tree. Um, and perhaps liking, liking uh, or, or um, comparing the tree as a symbol or metaphor for salvation. Be humble and choose to right, walk right with God. Non-judgment. Um, maybe not so much about non-judgment. Actually, Paul right here is quite judgmental. Right? Paul talks about branches being broken off because of unbelief, and those believers are grafted in. Our lives are supported by the Spirit, yes. Oh, not walk like a cock. <laughs> oh, not be a proud, right? Not be arrogant. Love of God between the Gentiles and believers. Who God's people are. Hmm. Yes, and I want to expand on that very soon about believers being grafted into the family. Yeah. The Apostle Paul describes God offering salvation to the rest, grafting, grafting the Gentiles to the chosen people like how one would graft a shoot onto a branch. And here, the Apostle Paul warns that those who have been grafted not to feel superior, otherwise they might fall and be cut off too. We often accept the text as it is presented to us. And the assumption here is that the Apostle Paul got it right. But what if that's not the case? In Paul's time, what he's saying is radical. The inclusion of Gentiles in God's plan of salvation, radical. But we have come a long way since then. Today, what is radical is the idea that we are all God's beloved. Christian, Muslim, Jews, Buddhist, Hindus, atheists, straight, LGBTQ, Ukrainian, Russian, American, Israeli, Palestinian, Singaporean, whatever category we have thought up to label people, to separate people, we are all beloved. We are all created in the image of God. You see, the idea to create a sense of, to create a sense of belonging, it's very, it's the easiest way is to create an in-group and an out-group. It's about exclusion. 
once you exclude a group of people, straight away, the people who are included belong automatically. That's the easy way of doing things. And if we follow the story, right, in the Bible, we story the arc of inclusion, we'd be very surprised. For example, in Deuteronomy chapter 23, it says very clearly that no Ammonite or Moabite or any of his descendants may enter into the assembly of God even down to the 10th generation. Guess who's a Moabite? Ruth. Ruth, the great-grandmother of King David, is Moabite. And 10 generations, well, um, great-grandmother, that's only four generations. Or three, three generations separating them. And... Ruth is one of five women mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus. It, it says something about mentioning someone who in one part of the Bible says will be kept out of the assembly of God, not part of the people. You see, constantly there are things that contradict and pop up because God is about radical inclusion. That inclusion didn't stop at the Gentiles. Inclusion just doesn't stop. That is the nature of love. Radical, expensive. It gets bigger and bigger. And we need to learn about all these things because it's about, we need to be able to see how, what inclusivity means and how it is an part and parcel of the nature of God and resist all these um, pressures to somehow create you know, and see other people as other so that we can feel a sense of belonging or like what the Apostle Paul says, a sense of superiority. I want to say that because this is part and parcel of our DNA as FCC. We need to recognize how to see other people who might hold other faiths, who might look different from us, who might come from different cultures, as part of our family. We are an inclusive church. That doesn't mean that we shy away from holding people accountable for the wrong they have done. That doesn't mean that we shy away from saying that the Russian invasion in Ukraine is wrong. But that all at the same time, we need to resist painting them as the other, as evil, as bad people, because they too are created in the image of God. Similarly, we need to resist the temptation to buy into Zionist ideas that says that the, the, the land Israel belongs to the Jews and take away the land from the Palestinians who have been there for a thousand years. We must be very careful to discern right and wrong, but yet at the same time, not label people as bad people or good people. Just like we always talk about shame and guilt. Shame is about who we are. Guilt is about what we have done. And we should not be feeling ashamed of ourselves. 
but we need to recognize when we have done something wrong and feel guilty so we can change, make amends, repent. So when we look at other people too, we need to resist to label them as bad people, but see them as people who have done bad things. That nobody is beyond redemption. And we need to bring that to life. That's what we are called to do. Some of you might find this uncomfortable because it might run against what you have been taught previously. And it might challenge how you read and interpret the Bible. And I want you to know this. Our understanding of Scripture isn't static. Right? We might be wrong. We need to learn as new revelation comes to us. But there's one guiding principle to my approach. What do I understand as the core nature of God? And how do I read this text through this lens of this core nature? I think the core nature of God is love. And I'll read the text through the lens of love all this time. Radical love. So here I disagree with Paul. God doesn't break people off like branches because they don't fit in and then graft other people to it. It's not a zero-sum game. God is in the business of an ever-expanding inclusion that even the very last one is brought back into the fold. This is how I see God. And I want to invite you to, to go to explore and wonder if that is how you see God as well. And resist this, this um, teachings that trying to make you have a sense of belonging, give you a sense of belonging by quickly creating a group of people who are the other, demonizing them, and f saying that they are the enemy, so we can feel a sense of a group huddle, that we have something in common with one another. That's a shortcut. That should not be a basis of a faith community, and that it should not be a basis of our faith to other people, to demonize people. Jesus too talked about branches. Jesus likens God to a gardener, a vine grower in John chapter 15. I'm going to read you um, a version. I've, uh, I have corrected some of the words as well from the inclusive Bible. I am the true vine and my Abba is the vine grower who cuts off every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit but prunes the fruitful ones to increase their yield. You have been pruned already, thanks to the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit. Because apart from me, you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and you'll be done for you. My Abba will be glorified if you bear much fruit and thus, Proved to be my disciples, as my Abba has loved me, 
So I have loved you. Abide in my love. This past Wednesday, in our Lent prayer program, Wendy shared about Lexio Divina. I just read to you the passage. I want to read it to you again and invite you to listen deeply this time with ears of your heart and pay attention to the words or phrases that might jump out to you. You know, when you listen and you listen again, let me go back to the beginning. Pay attention to what words jump up at you. I am the true vine, and my Abba is the vine grower who cuts off every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, but prunes the fruitful ones to increase their yield. You have been pruned already, thanks to the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me as I in you. Just as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, and you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit, because apart from me you can do nothing. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and you'll be done for you. My Abba will be glorified if you bear much fruit and thus prove to be my disciples. As my Abba has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. So, what word or phrase jumped up at you through this reading? Usually for Lectio Divina, we read through the passage four times. And sometimes when we have a lot of people gathered, what we do is that we have four different voices reading. Because each of us have a different tone, each of us focus on different words, each of us have different um, pacing, and we hear it differently. And each time, something different may crop up. So, um, word or phrase that jumped up, abide, prune, yield, abide in me, abide in my love. I have been pruned. Hmm. Thank you. Of course, abide pops up very often, right? Some of you might hear in verse 6 something challenging, right? Because verse 6 says, Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers, and such branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. And some of us might hear it as a threat of eternal punishment, the idea of hell. And I want to invite you to think, consider this, right? What is Jesus talking about here? Is there any mention of hell? Or are we projecting our own ideas into the words here? Think about it. 
Jesus didn't say anything about hell. It's just these branches will be gathered and thrown in the fire. You know what happens when branches are not joined to the vine? They die. You know, I mean, I do cut and trim my plants. When you cut them and they're no longer connected to the vine, they die. They die because they are no longer connected to the source of nourishment, the source of life. How else is it going to get sustenance? The opposite is reflected in the word that jumps up most at us. The word that's repeated eight times in these nine verses. Abide. In Greek, the word abide is mino. And it means to stay in a given place, state, or relation, or stay in expectancy. You know, abide means to continue. Uh, mino means to abide, continue, dwell, endure, be present, remain, stand, tarry for. Tarry means wait, right, or delay. And I think abide means to be connected to. We live in a time of disconnectedness while we have virtual church and live streaming and that helped us remain connected as a church in a time of pandemic in the past two years. But we're moving out of that. And what is dangerous is that this virtualness can easily become disconnectedness because we cannot be community. We can do church, but it's difficult to do community virtually. Especially now we are broadcasting on YouTube. I have very little idea, 90% of the people who are the, who are the ones who watch the service. There are a few of us who will chat on the, in the virtual chat, but 90, 95% of the people, the numbers, we do not know who they are. That's not community. While it's church, it's not community. Do you know where else the, the words with the same Greek root, mino, appears in the gospel according to John? Because I found it very interesting, right? Because I was looking at a concordance when I was preparing the, the, the sermon. It's the same word in John chapter 1, and John testified, this is the, John the Baptist, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove and remained on him. This word remain is the same word as abide, mino. In John, the next verse, I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, him on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. We often miss echoes in the Bible because these connections are lost in translation. Because we're reading in English and we're not reading in Greek. And there's one key echo that I found really interesting. And I realized that this word, mino, is also reflected in this passage. And this passage is actually from 
um, the same chapter, right, further down in chapter 38 um, and verses 37 onwards in the Gospel according to John. The two disciples heard him say this and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? They said to him, Rabbi, which translated means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, Come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of them who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother Simon and said to him, We have found the Messiah. The words are highlighted in red is Mino. It seems to be, you know, John's favorite word. Abide in me, staying, remained. And I want to come back to this story. That's quite interesting, right? Imagine you heard a lot about a spiritual teacher. And I've talked about this in a sermon before. And you love this teacher's um, teachings and their writings, and you finally met them and they ask you, what are you looking for? Or what are you seeking? Would your answer be, where are you staying? It's like, isn't it weird? But once we understand Mino, this idea of abiding in, dwelling with, we will realise that is through the community that Jesus was abiding with, abiding in, that will bear witness to who Jesus is. Let me repeat this again. It is through the community that Jesus is abiding with that people can see who Jesus is. It's not how whatever He says, right? He can say a lot of things, very wise and everything, but how he is, his character, his values, his principles is reflected in the community that he's with, the people who follow him. In other words, the community is the branches that bear fruit. And the two disciples see Jesus is the Messiah through the witness of the community that Jesus is abiding in. Because you look at the story, Andrew, they came and saw where he was staying. They remained with him that day. And after that, it's after that that Andrew goes to tell his brother Simon Peter, we have found the Messiah. The community has bore fruit that's testament to who Jesus is and convinces Andrew that this is the Messiah. And that's how we talk about here we grow. Here we grow. This community is where we bear fruit to witness to who Jesus is. Debbie Thomas writes, we are products of a contemporary culture that celebrates the individual and distrusts the communal. We often represent the Christian life as a one-on-one -on -one transaction between a single believer and her God. I accepted Jesus as my saviour. 
We put a lot of stock in our personal spiritual experiences. My prayer life, my worship, my epiphany. If we do align ourselves with a larger Christian community, we generally do so with a consumer mindset, trusting that we are free to join up and free to quit as personal preferences dictate. We struggle not to view dependence as a moral weakness. We cherish our personal space and we feel claustrophobic when other people press too close. We believe, of course, in loving our neighbours, but we feel most comfortable loving them from a distance, or at least with one eye trained to the nearest exit. We live in a time where independence is viewed as a good thing instead of a problem. Report cards, right? I don't know how long ago it would be being in school, Report cards have teachers praising students for being an independent learner. Performance appraisals have supervisors praising employees as being independent workers. But being independent is not necessarily something good. We are meant to be connected to one another. We are meant to depend on one another because we are not self-sufficient. We are meant to be connected to the larger whole. Jesus says, I am the vine and you are the branches. And Debbie Thomas continues, if this is Jesus' metaphor for the spiritual life, then I think Lutheran pastor Nadia Boltzweber says it best. Christianity is a lousy religion for the I'll do it myself set. We are meant to be tangled together. We are meant to live lives of profound interdependence, growing into, around and out of each other. We cause pain and loss when we hold ourselves apart because the fate of each individual branch affects the vine as a whole. In this metaphor, dependence is not a matter of personal morality or preference. It's a matter of life and death. Branches that refuses to cling to the vine dies. The spiritual life that Jesus is describing isn't one where we do it on our own and just one-on-one with God. Abiding in Christ isn't a solo endeavor. I struggle with this personally because at some level, I, and I think a lot of us, have been hurt by other people before. And community church is made up of people. And it is often the people we are closest to who hurts us the most. So we don't want to get close to people. We want the arm's length difference. We love people from a distance, right? Love our neighbours from a distance. So it's easier to choose the I'll go it on my own and do it my own way path instead of the messy, interconnected vulnerable spiritual journey that to abide in Christ because being interconnected means that I open myself to being hurt by people again. It's that reality. We are all imperfect people. And I guess that may be for some of you as well. And I want to survey this. Have you avoided being vulnerable and 
or being part of community because you have been hurt before? Have you avoided being vulnerable or being part of community because you have been hurt before? I'm glad for the one person who says no. I'm glad that you have not experienced that kind of hurt that prevents you from being real, authentic and vulnerable. But for a vast majority of us, right? you can see the yes going up and up and up. The vast majority of us, we've been hurt before. And to protect ourselves from being hurt again, we don't want to be vulnerable. We don't want to be connected. But not connecting means we will die. Not connected means that we will not be able to tap into that which nourishes us, that sustains us, that gives us life. I am the vine, you are the branches. We are called to be connected. We need to recognize the point of Christian life isn't me, my growth, my catharsis, my contributions, my achievements. I'm inextricably connected to a larger whole. And apart from that whole, my spirituality profound and precious though it might feel to me, is without value. Apart from the vine, I am not only barren, I am dead. In other words, I am not the fruit in this metaphor. I am not supposed to be the end product of my own spiritual life. It isn't about me. Our spiritual life isn't all about us. The fruit isn't meant for us. The fruit is meant for the world. God intends for us to bear fruit to transform the world. The fruitfulness of God's vine is no trivial thing. It constitutes the life and nourishment of the world. Which tree bears fruit for itself? Yeah, some of you might say biologically the tree bears fruit to, to, you know, to reproduce, right? The seeds are spread elsewhere. But fruits nourish not the, not the tree or the plant itself. The fruit nourishes something else, someone else, whatever animal that eats of the fruit. The fruit we are called to bear is to nourish the world. And I'll talk, expand more on this. How do we nourish the world? But the reality that we, will, we may still resist this because we have been hurt before and some of us have been hurt by our previous church communities and we may even be hurt by each other here. We are not a perfect community. Let's be honest about that. And bearing witness to Christ's abiding presence is not through being a perfect community. I repeat that. Huh? Bearing witness to Christ's abiding presence is not to showcase a perfect community. But it is true how we love and how we work through being an imperfect community. I hope you get that. When people come, they are meant to see imperfect community trying and struggling to love one another. 
How do we persist through our disagreements and our differences? How do we love each other through our differences and disagreements? How do we heal the, the hurt and the pain that we inflict on one another? These are the signs of spiritual growth and the signs of Christ abiding in us. And this is the fruit that we are called to bear, to show the world who God is, who Jesus is, through how we love each other, even though we are different and even though we disagree. That's how the disciples saw that Jesus is the Messiah when they first met. I don't think, in my mind, that the community that Jesus was with, that Andrew met, was a perfect community. By no means, no. They were probably a mismatch of people who disagree, who struggled. And if you look you know, in, the, in the Gospels, how the disciples reacted to one another, they were, sometimes they are competing with one another, even running to the tomb. They were fighting to race each other to the tomb. They were fighting for who's going to get to sit on Jesus' left and Jesus' right. They were in perfect community, struggling, struggling to make sense struggling to love one another. The world will be transformed when we can show that we are all equally beloved, regardless of race, religion, language, social economic status, nationality, sexual orientation, gender identity, gender expression, and whatever labels that, we, we de that divides us. When we are joined to the vine, we will see that we are all interdependent and all interconnected. We all need each other. And we are all made in the image of God. Instead of fear and distrust, we learn to abide in Christ and with one another. And through that interconnectedness, we recognize how we hurt, harm, kill, and oppress each other. And we find new ways of resolving our differences, new ways of sharing what we have, new ways of peace instead of violence and war and oppression. We can choose not to be joined to the vine and try to live for ourselves and not see our interconnectedness and to continue to perpetuate the things that wither in this world, the branches that do not bear fruit, the branches that are thrown into the fire, discrimination, selfishness, greed, wars, fear, hate. These things are meant to be gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. And some parts of us have these things. Some parts of us have selfishness, greed, fear, hate. And what we are invited to it's to learn how to prune as well all these things. It may sound like a tall order. What? Us? Change the world? But the reality is this. God isn't waiting for us to get started because it's already, it has already begun a long time ago. Debbie Thomas puts it eloquently. Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the branches, he told his disciples. It's a done deal. Yes, it's difficult, but it's also easy. Because remember, our vine is true 
and our vine grower is skilled. This is what we are made for. Abide. If God is the vine grower, Jesus is the vine, and we are the branches, what should we do? We have only one task, to abide, to tarry, to stay, to cling, to remain, to depend, to rely, to last, to persevere, to commit, to continue, to tolerate, to endure, to acquiesce, to accept, to hang in there for the long haul, to make ourselves at home. Abide, because here we grow. Amen. We come now to a time of Holy Communion. The practice of communion is actually a reminder that we are all connected as one body as we take the communion together here. But we're also reminded that we're connected to all believers throughout time for the last 2,000 years who have been doing this same practice and to believers all around the world. So we are truly one family through this table. We gather each Sunday at this table. Even though at this time we are not all physically together, the table of God's feast transcends time and space because God's love transcends all boundaries. So this table recognizes no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means you do not have to meet any criteria. You do not have to be a member of FCC. You do not have to be baptized. You only need to recognize that God's grace is sufficient. When Jesus sat at table and broke bread with the tax collectors, lawyers, rich elites, and poor peasants, he proclaimed that God's radical love and abiding presence know no bounds. Through these occasions of sharing food, every person experienced God and shared in God's kingdom. A kingdom, a kingdom where, where all are welcome, all are worthy, and all are invited. A kingdom where lives are transformed and empowered, and the, and the fruits, fruits of God's, God's gentle justice bloom throughout creation. All people, including each of us, are invited to share in this sacred meal of celebration and be strengthened by the presence of God in this place. We remember, remember that, that Jesus, Jesus fed 5,000 hungry people with five loaves of bread and two fish. At this miraculous meal, there was such an abundance that everyone ate until they were full, and there were even 12 baskets of food left over. Holy God, we celebrate your abundant care and solidarity revealed in this meal. We remember that while sharing a meal with Pharisees, Jesus welcomed a woman viewed as an outsider. As the woman anointed his feet with oil, Jesus declared her dignity before everyone at the meal. Holy God, we celebrate your gracious inclusiveness revealed in this meal. At these meals, Jesus and all his disciples resisted the divisions, injustice, and violence of society. They lived out instead the kingdom of God, a place of love, justice, and mutuality. But we also recognize that not all people liked Jesus' ministry. For some people, it was scandalous. They said, 
Look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. When his arrest seemed near, Jesus ate a meal in an upper room with the disciples. As he had done so many times before, he took bread, and after having given thanks to you, holy God, he broke it and gave it to the disciples, this time saying, Do this to remember me. After the meal, he shared the wine, gave thanks, and said, I will not drink from this cup again until I drink it with you in the kingdom of God. May I invite the stewards to come forward to distribute the elements? If you're at home, um, we invite you to also get some uh, elements for yourself to represent the bread and the wine so we can partake together. And for those on site, um, please wait for the stewards to hand you the elements and do not reach out to take them for safe distancing reasons. If you're new with us, you can also hang on to it uh, and we'll all be taking it together. Jesus was then unjustly killed by the systems of domination of his day. To some of his frightened disciples, it seemed that the bread symbolized his broken body and the wine his blood. Together, God, the, the kingdom, kingom of, kingom of God, God persisted and persists today, today through the many people who seek to be your resurrection community. Holy, Holy God, in, in the sharing of this bread and wine, we joyfully celebrate the hope-inspiring ministry and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Let us partake the elements together. Please stand as you're willing and able and join me in the prayer of communion. Together, 
Gracious God, may this meal be for us an Emmaus meal, where we encounter your presence in the sharing of this food as the disciples did at their meal in Emmaus. May the sharing of this food be a taste of your kingdom, holy God, so we may be strengthened to be your joyful and hopeful disciples. And may we share in your kingdom of love, justice, and mutuality with those around us. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning, church. Welcome once again to the Sunday service of Free Community Church, where free stands for first realize every, everyone's equal. Uh, thank you, Pastor Mayak, for the sermon as I was listening to it, and I'm trying to like reflect on it at the same time, other than abide and prune and all those. But I think the one thing that jumped out to me personally was the word community. I actually wonder how this church acts as a community and who is your community of people? I think to some of us, it definitely is not FCC because FCC could be just a place where you spend two hours every Sunday or maybe if you have cell group, another two hours on the weekend. So four hours out of your whole week. Maybe your colleagues or your work, workmates are your community. Maybe your family is your community. Or maybe you have other groups of friends out there as your community. But I think that, you know, sometimes... We do not feel connected to church. A lot of times it's also because we don't invest ourselves in church itself. And whatever you don't invest yourself in, you don't put an effort, you don't feel a connection, and therefore you think that, hey, this is not the place for me. So a lot of times, uh, I think as the past two plus years of COVID has shown, it is very difficult uh, to be in community when we are not able to see each other face to face, when, you know, all we can say is on screen to say like, hey, hi, how's your week? I mean, and then we are like, oh, Zoom meeting fatigue and everything. But I think as uh, Singapore continues to open up uh, from next Sunday onwards, and uh, where we get to sing with our masks on, where singing is, uh, singing the worship songs is a very, very important part to, important aspect of worship for many of us here. And uh, FCC itself is also going to resume live worship uh, slowly as we start to open up. We would like to invite uh, those people on site to continue coming. And those people online, if you have not visited us before, do come and visit us. Uh, see us face to face, ask us questions, talk about life together. And as we spend time together, then maybe we can slowly build the community together as what uh, God calls us to do. So I'd like to welcome all of you once again to FCC. So now we are at the, okay, we have not come to the announcement segment, but it is an announcement anyway. Today, we have a newcomers meeting immediately after service. We actually hold a newcomers meeting every single month. This is for you to find out more about what FCC represents, uh, who the leaderships are, uh, what you, whatever questions you want to throw at us about what FCC is, you're welcome to throw at us uh, at the newcomers meeting. For those who are new here, uh, please stay back if you'd like to join the newcomers meeting. Uh, for those online, uh, you probably cannot join today, but if you'd like to 
like us to keep in touch with you, please fill in the form fcc.la/welcome and send an email to info at freecomchurch.org and then we will reach out to you to join the next newcomers meeting. So I think this you should treat the newcomers meeting as a meet the pastor session, like the MP meetings every month like that, right? So just come, you know, any questions you want, come and meet the pastors. You, other than Sundays, you might not have a lot of opportunities to actually yeah, see them face to face and ask them questions. So I welcome you to uh, fill in, uh, scan the QR code and then send an email to info at freecomchurch.org. So uh, now is the giving segment of the service. Uh, I think FCC survives as a church, as a community, because of all your generous contribution. Uh, there are two ways of giving. You may give by pay now to the FCC General Fund and FCC Building Fund, and you may also give by credit card at freecomchurch.give.asia. Please note that giving by credit card only gives to the General Fund, and there's a platform fee uh, administered by the platform, so not all money will come to... FCC account. Alright, so as we prepare our hearts to give, let us just go to God in prayer. God, indeed, you are the vine and we are the branches. And in this modern world where we are taught to be independent, we are taught to not depend on others. We know that it is in you that our lives are anchored. And whether we see FCC as a community or not, and as long as we see the purpose and the reason for FCC to exist, God, we continue to ask for your wisdom and your guidance. And we continue to ask for our hearts and our minds to be open, to be ready to really sense your presence and also look and see the needs of the world, that whatever we give and whatever we receive from you, that we give because in response to your love to us, and that we give because we see in you the community of humankind, that we are all your beloved children. God, we lift up everything into your hands. In Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen. So for those on site if you'd like to give uh, by just dropping the collection bag you can just raise your hands and I'll invite the stewards to come forward and take up the offering okay so now is the announcement segment of the service our very first announcement baptism and membership class like F like it has been mentioned before baptism and membership class doesn't occur every Sunday. It actually, a baptism class happens only once a year, membership class twice a year. So if you are interested uh, to be baptized or to become a membership, to become a member of FCC, the classes are on 31st of March and 7th of April. But even if you are not ready to be baptized in FCC or to become a member of FCC, you are actually free to join the lessons. So you may just register fcc.la/2022baptism to find out what it is what it is all about. Today will be the closing date for uh, registration. So uh, please register if you are keen. So as was, as was mentioned, there was a land prayer series. Uh, two sessions has already been done. What, the first was Centering Prayer, the second was Lectio Divina. The third session will be this coming Wednesday, 30th of March, from 8pm to 9.30pm. You'll be praying for others. So if you are interested to join this session, uh, it will be on Wednesday, 
So you may sign up at free, info at freecomchurch.org also. Next, FCC team outreach is back. So this is a, a ministry that we do to support the transgender community. So we encourage everyone to participate no matter how small the donation is. You may donate and you may find out how to do so at fcc.la/t-mat. You may also contact Wendy at 9248-9578 to find out more. Next. There are two donation options available. Uh, one is a group buy, where you can just go online, say that uh, you're interested to buy this, and then somebody will actually coordinate and consolidate and do the purchase. There's no minimum for this group buy. The closing date will be 24th April. One is you may buy, uh, you may make your own purchases and you draw off at SCC on these three Sundays, 17, 24th, uh, 17th and 24th of April and 1st of May itself from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. That's when, you know, you drop off, you can just come in and join the service and then you can just uh, leave after that. All items are to reach FCC by 1st of May, 12 p.m. And on 1st of May itself, we also request for volunteers to come and help pack the items uh, from 1.30 to 2.15 p.m. So if you like to volunteer, you may email info at freecomchurch.org to volunteer for this TMAT outreach. So next, next Saturday, next Saturday, 2nd of April, will be our second one-sheet meeting, one-sheet board meeting uh, for the year. Uh, the FCC is actually run, FCC itself is a community, congregational community-based church, but we have a board which is actually elected by the members. So every two months, uh, we actually have a board meeting. So our next board meeting is on 2nd of April 2022. The reason why we put up all these dates is actually we like to invite people who might be curious about what the board does or people who might want to actually contribute their talents and their skills and their time to becoming a board member, to come and see, to come and observe the meeting and then you can come and participate and find out what actually goes on during the board meeting itself. So we have already got a few people who express interest but so far I have not heard any, I've not seen any women representatives from the church yet. So I would like to encourage the women uh, to come and actually observe these board meetings also. The location will actually be in church. Uh, it will be both physical and online. The timing will be from around 9.30am to 1pm. If you are interested to join this board meeting and observe, uh, you may also send an email to info at freecomchurch.org and this uh, is only open to FCC members. Now we invite uh, Pastor Pauline to come and give the benediction. If you're willing and able, may I invite you to stand for the benediction. Abide. Stay. Remain. With Jesus our vine. So that as a community, we may bear the fruits of love and justice in this world that so needs it. So now go, and may the God of love and fruitfulness go with you. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for service uh, this morning, and I just want to wish you God's presence and God's abiding presence with you, and may you have a blessed week ahead. <laughs>